So this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk about something that God's really been stirring in my heart for a while. And I've kind of touched on bits and pieces over the last, you know, probably year. But this is the first time that I'm really kind of beginning to do a series and on this, on this topic. And the topic is, is that how when we are part of the kingdom of God and we have accepted Jesus as our Savior, that the reality is, is that we now have to begin to live counterculturally if society is saying to do things that the Bible says not to do. And, and you know, and that's, and that's one of those things where it's like, man, that, that's so hard, Chris, because what about this and what about that and how about this? Well, the reality is, though, is that Paul tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. We're in the world. I mean, we, we cannot help the fact that we are here. We are here, right? And so my question is, how are we going to be living most like Jesus in our lives and doing things that he has asked us to do, even when society is saying, ooh, that's a little strange. Ooh, that's a little tough. Oh, man, that's a little hard. But the reality is, is that even Jesus, when he came, Jesus lived countercultural to society. He also lived countercultural to the religious norms. So often we can just kind of say, well, it has to look just like this and we're going to have our own box and we're going to do these things and it's going to be just like this. But what if God is saying to do something different? What if God is leading you to do something a little bit different than that? I mean, the thing that I, that I when I look at Jesus's life, whenever I read the, the accounts of what he's done and study him throughout the scripture, it's amazing to me how he will still go to temple because it was something that God had commanded him to do and had commanded all of the Jewish people to do. He went, and yet at the same time, he went and he just spoke truth in love and got to the heart of the issues. He didn't just go and do religious duties. And so often, I don't know about you guys, but I'll talk about me. So often, if I'm not careful, I can just go out and do a lot of religious duties without really getting to the heart of what God is wanting us to do. I'm sure you guys are better than that, but I do that sometimes, all right? And so today, though that's kind of an overview of the series a little bit, but today I want to talk about some of the lies that the enemy tells us through our culture, through society, that the enemy wants us to believe. And when we begin to believe these lies... It's amazing how quickly we lose sight of what the truth is, and that truth is the Word of God. So the title of today's message is Counterculture. When everybody's going one way, we have to pray and say, God, what does your Word say? And we need to know the Word so that we can get back to what His Word says. Because even if that means that I'm the only one going in the opposite direction, if that's what God's Word says, then we need to be obedient and stand on that. The first lie that many of us believe, or I'm not going to say believe. The first lie that we are all told, I'll say that, okay? Through culture, through society, is just follow your heart. How many of us have heard that, right? Follow your heart. I mean, it it sounds so good. It sounds so nice. Yeah, I'm just going to follow my heart. Ooh, yeah, you know, that's just, I'm just going to take it wherever it leads me because, I mean, what could go wrong with my heart?
But the reality is, is that when the world tells us to follow our heart, Jesus tells us in John chapter 1, verse 43, he says this. He says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and he said, come follow me. The world says, follow your heart. Jesus says, follow me. So if, if I'm in this kind of this, this, this conundrum of going, okay, wait, 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 hold on. Which one of these do I do? We need to learn to follow Jesus, not our heart. Now we can sit there and say, oh, but Chris, that just sounds so mean. That just sounds, I mean, what, what's wrong with our heart? Well, Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The human heart is deceitful, is the most deceitful of all things. You see, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen in your life, but I have had times where things are going on and I'm like, yeah, okay, I mean, it just, it just feels right. My heart is there and it just feels right. And you're going into it and it's great and it feels good until it doesn't. And then you have this moment of reality going, uh-oh. How come, how come I'm all the way over here? I mean, it felt so right. Because your heart's a liar. That's why. <laughs> Our hearts are more deceitful than anything else. And the thing is, is that when we follow our hearts without following Jesus, we allow ourselves to be deceived. And the crazy thing about deception is that deception isn't just like an outright lie. Those are usually pretty easy to spot. Deception is a little bit of truth wrapped up with lies. And so all of a sudden, like the best analogy I ever heard is that it's deception is like a spider web. We're like, oh, that's not so bad. Oh, no, that's not so bad. And the next thing you know, you're completely entangled within this. And that's what happens whenever we just follow our heart without following Jesus. Jesus came to his disciples. All of them were doing their jobs. They were doing the things that they knew how to do. They were doing their profession. They were doing the the family trade, whatever it may have been. And when he came to them, he said, follow me. And they followed him. So when the counter or when the culture is screaming at you to follow your heart, Jesus wants us to follow him. Now, sometimes those things go hand in hand. But where, wherever, not if, wherever they split, we have to make sure that we're following Jesus, not our feelings about things. The second lie that many of us have heard. Be true to yourself. Right? You just got to be you, man. You be true to you. Well, that sounds great again. But that's just not Bible. Where we hear society say and culture say, you just, you just got to be true to yourself. You just got to go do that thing. Jesus tells us in Mark 8, verse 34, he says this. He says, and calling the crowd to him with his, with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So are you going to be true to yourself or are we going to deny ourselves? 
Because once again, it kind of goes back to that whole thought of the heart. Oh, but this is who I am for these three months. This is who I am in this new cultural norm of things. Or am I going to actually deny myself because he is worth more than anything that I have? Christianity, Jesus, I mean, Jesus told us from the beginning, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. We have to let go of all those things that we think are so much more important about us. Whether it's our culture, whether it's our job, no matter where you find your identity, if you find your identity somewhere other than Christ, then the reality is, is that we have to let those things go and deny ourselves in that identity and follow him. I mean, it is easy as a pastor to let my identity get wrapped up in church. Just is. It's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor, so I have to this, I have to this, I have to this, I have to this, I have to this. And not even that those things are necessarily wrong, but if all of a sudden my identity gets wrapped up there and I'm just saying, oh, no, 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 I'm just being true to myself. But if I'm being true to myself at the expense of denying myself, that I'm not stepping into everything that God has asked me to step into. And we can sit there and go, yeah, but Chris, I mean, that, that just doesn't even sound like fun. I promise you this. Life, no matter what, is hard. Life is just hard. There are seasons that are really challenging, seasons that are really great. But I know that in the areas of my life where I have denied myself and just said, God, you are in control. I want to give these over to you. I have found more freedom and I have found more liberty and more excitement in my life in those areas than in anything else. Sometimes we kind of buy into this lie and we say, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's good for you, Chris, but you don't understand. I'm whatever your last name is. For me, I'm a Bernard. Okay. And Bernards just don't do that. Okay. But if the Bible says to do it, and Bernards don't do it, who am I going to be true to? Am I going to deny myself and follow him? Or am I going to say, Jesus, I love you with everything except for these areas. Because this is who I am. And I have to be true to myself. I can tell by it being so quiet in here that I'm not stepping on anyone's toes at all this morning. But, <laughs> but, but we have to understand that there is a responsibility that we have to live counterculturally. And that these are things that we need to do. Another lie that all of us, I'm sure, have heard, and it kind of goes along with this, is Live your truth, man. You just live your truth. Whatever you feel is right is right. It's okay. You're, ooh, it's good. No, it's not. All right? This one irks me to no end. Because the reality is, is that we don't even know what truth is without the morality of Scripture. It, 
it boggles my mind how sometimes people are like, oh, no, I mean, they can just, you can just whatever and all these kinds of things. But then you're like, okay, well, what if I did this to you? Oh, no, you can't do that. Well, why not? Well, that's wrong. But who says it's wrong? The Ten Commandments are where the first laws of morality came into being. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't take your neighbor's wife. Honor your father and mother. All these things, you know, that that we're supposed to be doing. Up until that moment, I mean, it's kind of like martial law, I imagine. You know, the bigger and the baddest, they got to do whatever they wanted. Who's going to tell them no? The world tells us to live your truth. But Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is, if you're ever curious about what the truth is in a moment, ask yourself, if Jesus is the truth, how would he respond in this moment? WWJD, right? What would Jesse do? I mean, what would Jesus do? If you think of it as what would Jesse do, do the opposite. <laughs> and then uh, I'm just teasing, just teasing. <laughs> but, you know, but, 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 but the reality is, though, is that Jesus says he is the truth. And so we need to make sure that we are not letting these other things, oh, it's okay, they're just believing their truth. That means they're believing the lie. They're believing a lie. And there's areas of my life that I know I have believed lies in. And I'm like, oh no, I just want it to be true so bad that if I, if I believe it long enough, that old show Seinfeld, you know, with George Costanza, and he makes a comment, he goes, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, it's still a lie, you know, but, but so many of us find ourselves in those places. And we have to remind ourselves, no, 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 Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. So then what would Jesus, how would he handle this situation? What should be done because of who he is in these moments? The fourth lie that we tend to believe is believe in yourself. Now, in in some ways, that's not a bad thing. We need to learn how to, you know, become self-sufficient in some areas at the same time being completely dependent upon God. I mean, the Bible tells us, you know, that we're not, after, after you've been saved for a while, you should be growing in your walk with God and that you're not just relying on the milk of these things, of these basic teachings, and that you need to be stepping into more of a fullness of everything that God has said for us to step into. But too many times we sit there and we go, well, I can do it. I can do this. I'm going to just believe in myself. I can do this. But in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus tells us, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So many of us think that we can save the day. I'm guilty of it. I can do that. I can be the one to do this. I can that. I can this. I can, you know, whatever it might be. And Jesus says, hold on a second. Why don't you actually believe in me to lead you into these things? 
In John chapter, in that same chapter down in verse 12, it says this, it says, truly, this is Jesus talking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whoever believes in Jesus will also do the works that he does. You see, when we begin to believe so much in ourselves, it puts all the focus, all the pressure, all the success, and all the failure on me. But if I believe in God, if I believe in Jesus, and I understand that he is the one who can actually do these things, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works will they do. Sometimes we don't see the things that God has promised to us because we have way too much self-reliance and not enough Jesus dependence. And it's, it's, it's this hard line there because we do need to grow, but we also have to be dependent. And that's what makes it so hard though sometimes because we're going, okay, well, I'm too reliant on myself over here. But then like, okay, well, now I'm doing this and I'm not doing anything. So now what do I do? You spend more time in his presence. You spend more time getting to know him more. Because the more we know Jesus, the more we know who he is, the more we know his nature. And we begin to learn that, yes, I need to believe in him in all these areas. The fifth one, the fifth lie that that we all have heard is, well, as long as you're happy. As long as you're happy. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 25, it says this. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? If we're not careful, we can buy into this lie of, man, you know, it's all right though, because as long as I'm happy. I mean, I'm working 90 hours a week, but look at all my toys and I'm kind of happy. You know, I mean, every once in a while. But I'm happy. I've, I've made it. I've, I've got the American dream. Nobody to share it with, but I did it. And Jesus asked, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Don't let the earthly definition of happiness keep you from living out the kingdom principle of joy. We can allow happiness sometimes to supersede joyful. See, one of the fruit or one of the aspects of the fruit of the spirit that is the evidence of God working in our life is joy. Joy is a natural byproduct of having the Holy Spirit in our life and being dependent upon Him. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. Maybe one more, but (laughs) kindness. There it is. Thank you. Thank you for saying that so kindly. I appreciate it. All right. And and those things are evident in our life because we've been spending time with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, especially in America, I don't know why, because we're all really easily duped by commercials. I mean, big time. And it starts as a kid, man. I mean, my kids are like, Dad, I need that toy because look at all the flips it can do in the air. And I'm like, buddy, that's not real. You know, he's like, oh, no, it is. It's on TV. And I'm like, 
Yeah, all right. Well, you know. But, but we buy into this illusion that happiness is something that can be achieved if. And while I love being happy and having the emotion of happiness, and it's fun and it's great, what I need more is joy in my life. Because joy is just a byproduct of having the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And joy is one of those things that I can have and I can abide in and I can rest in and I can live in even when my circumstances are contrary. Happiness is a fleeting emotion that is great in the moment, but as soon as something awful happens, I'm usually not happy. But joy, joy is something that comes from inside. Joy is something that comes from the Holy Spirit being inside of me and living in me. And it just, even in those moments where it's just awful, I don't have to feel despair because I have the Holy Spirit and that joy inside of me. See, one of the big reasons why I want to talk about these lies is because all of us, I believe, in some area, maybe every area, and I'm sure there's probably more, but we need to, we need to allow God to bring freedom in these areas of our life. Wherever we have believed a lie, we need to allow God to speak the truth into our lives so that we can step into everything he's called us to step into. And that's hard sometimes because for whatever reason, this is something that I've noticed a lot myself. As I sit there and think, well, you know, I'm already in my 40s, God. I mean, really, how much different can I make if I really change that? I mean, I'm probably close to halfway done. Just how about we just power through, you know? And, and we, we kind of believe these things. And we don't usually say those things out loud, but that's kind of the way we think, right? And, and so in those moments then, we have to sit there and say, okay, God, I need to get free from believing these lies. Not only for me, but for everyone who comes after me. The biggest impact you will ever have is not on yourself. It's going to be on others and those around you. Whether it's people at church, whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, whether it's your kids, your grandkids, it does not matter. Those are the people who are going to remember you long after you're gone. And are we willing, am I willing to say, okay, God, I'm willing to not believe that lie anymore For them. I don't want my kids to struggle with all the same things that I struggled with. So what can I do to help make sure that that doesn't happen? Well, I can repent for the lies that I have believed. And I can ask the Holy Spirit to begin to lead me into truth. Because Jesus tells us in John 16, he says, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. But we have to ask him. Holy Spirit, lead me into truth. 
I don't want to believe these lies anymore. I don't want to be the person that I've been. And that's hard and that's scary. And I don't like all this change of the what if and how about this and why not this? And what is that going to look like? Who cares? All I know is that it will be better for my children than it was for me. But we have grown up in the last 30, 40 years in a society that says, as long as it's easy for you, who cares about those guys? Come on. And it's time now for us to say, no, I'm willing to pay the price because I want them to go further than I ever did. If I pay the price now and do the difficult things now, then my children will be able to have an easier time and then the things that they have to fight for, they'll already be way further along than I ever was. And they will be able to see things greater in their lives and in the lives of people around them and their children and their children's children. And those things will change. You see, one of the hardest things with all this is that we have to realize that what this really boils down to, to live counterculturally, it boils down to the fact that I have to become more Christ-like. And the problem is, is that a lot of times I'm just a lot more Chris-like than I am Christ-like. And then I'll even use a justification. I mean, God, I'm almost there. I'm only like one letter off. I mean, I'm pretty close, right? <laughs> and God's going, no, I want you to be like Jesus, not like you. But I want you to be the you that I've called you to be who looks like my son. Because as God has called me to be, the me that he has called me to be, and I'm starting to stand in that, and my goal is to just look more like Jesus, then I'm not going to change all of my personality. I'm just going to be who God has called me to be, but I'm going to look more like Jesus to everybody else around me. And they will see much more Jesus than they see me. And trust me, that's a way better option. But that has to become something for each of us. It says, okay, I want to be more like Jesus. And less like me. John the Baptist said, more of you, less of me. I mean, John the Baptist was a cool dude. I mean, he's weird. I probably wouldn't have been friends with him, honestly, because he was kind of strange. But <laughs> I'm just being honest, right? I mean, we can all sit there and go, he's amazing. Well, now he is knowing the story after the fact. But when he's there, I mean, the guy's walking around in a camel hair toga and eating honey all the time preaching on the street corner, I don't think any of us in here would be his best friend probably, all right? But his response was when he saw Jesus, he said, I mean, less of me and more of you. And in order to live counterculturally, we have to have that attitude that says, God, less and less of me and more of you. Jesus, I need you more in my life. I need to have more of you and less of me so that I can stand according to your word and according to the truth in everything that he has asked us to do. Does this make sense this morning? Let's stand, guys. We're going to pray and be, be dismissed. After we pray, guys, there will be people up here. If you need prayer for anything, they'd love to pray with you this morning. We also have snacks in the back, and there'll be plenty. So if you need prayer, you don't have to worry about you know sneaking out first. You know, but... Uh, we have snacks in the back too and stick around and fellowship for a little while. Because I just want to, I'm going to pray for us this morning. And then after I'm done praying, just stay right where you're at because Sandy wants to say something too, but I'm going to pray for us real quick. And... 
Yes, absolutely. And so yes, please, guys, as, as um, Israel is under attack right now, and so we need to be, be lifting up the nation of Israel right now um, as well. And Father, we love you and we thank you. God, your word tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and so God, we pray for peace. God, we, we pray for the nation of Israel, and God, I ask that, that, that your kingdom come and your will will be done in Israel as it is in heaven. God, I also ask right now that, that, you would just, God, that, that you would just reveal to each one of us some of these lies that, that, that maybe we've believed in areas of, the, of our lives that we've been believing these things and that we've just been going along with society and the culture because it was easier. And God, any of those things, God, that, that are just in our lives, God, we just ask for forgiveness right now. God, please just forgive us for agreeing with the deception and with the lies of the enemy. And God, I ask that the Holy Spirit would just show us and lead us into your truth in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. God, I ask that you would just bless every family who is represented here today. God, just keep them safe this week. God, I ask that you would just bless them in everything that they do. God, and let us be a light to shine to those around us so that people will see Jesus in our lives and not just us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Guys, you're dismissed. If you need prayer, we'll have people up here who would love to pray with you. And there's snacks in the back. Make yourself at home and just uh, hang out and get, get to know people. Just one.